Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Thanks for taking time out to be with us once again. Mike and Joel here. I'm Mike. That's Joel over there. And this is Growing in Grace, talking about the good news of the gospel, which is what that means, right, Joel? Gospel means good news. Are we right about that? I believe so. Gospel equals good news. I know a lot of times when people walk out of church, they wonder if they've just heard good news or not. I I remember over the years, especially having spent a lot of time in Christian radio, as you did, had the chance to talk to a lot of different people. I can remember people sometimes saying that when they walked out of church or out of the youth group or whatever, sometimes they wondered if they were even a Christian. Hmm. We wonder why our churches aren't more filled up than they already are, than than they're already not. Yeah, and you know what my experience was was, uh, oh, I, I would hear a lot of great motivational speaking. You know, that's probably one way to explain it anyway. A lot of uh, you know, getting pumped up type of stuff. You know, there's they're pumping us up so that we can go out and serve and go out and do all these good things. And you feel really this was this was my experience, not necessarily common. It, maybe it's more common. Than I think I don't know. You know, feeling like I'm going to go out and take on the world for Jesus. You know, that was Sunday morning, and then uh, we had another Sunday evening service that would you know. You just give me even more gusto. And then Monday comes along, and then it's then that I'm feeling bad because how am I going to do all this stuff? I can't, you know, I I had so much zeal, so much zest yesterday on Sunday, uh, but today I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel it. I just can't do it. And so it ended up, you know, what I had heard the previous day ended up being bad news because I, I just couldn't do it. And And I know what you're talking about there too, Cap, that people in certain church situations going in and hearing a sermon of uh, a pastor telling people how bad they are, how sinful they are, um, how they need to change. And indeed, you come out of there, you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel good about who Christ is in you. You don't feel good about any of that stuff. You f- it's bad news. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're here to talk about the good news, what we believe is the real gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been talking about the past few weeks, specifically what the gospel is. And a real summary of that, I guess, Joel, might be, first of all, the the gospel, the good news. First and foremost, it's a revelation of his righteousness. Righteousness is a free gift from God, and, and it's not a result of anything that we've done. What you do or don't do does not make you who you are. That's an important distinction in your understanding your identity in Christ, because your new identity in Christ is through spiritual birth, just as your human identity came through natural birth. It had nothing to do with with, uh, anything you did. (laughs) It had nothing to do with what you do. Mm -hmm. And just like uh, we've said before, I mean, I I didn't become who I am, Mike Kapler, uh, through anything I did. I was just born uh, from my parents, and I became who I was through them, and I, I took on their name and other characteristics and traits that they had, good or bad, I inherited those, and and the same thing is true now with our new identity in Christ. We've inherited all of his goodness, and our nature has literally been changed, born in him. This is all very good stuff. We we couldn't get to where we needed to go on our own. God did it all for us. As you mentioned, uh, when Paul was making the case in Romans uh, chapter 1, 2, and part of 3, 
where he was declaring that everyone has fallen short. Nobody could, could get there on their own. It's like we were all declared guilty by the judge, and then the judge paid the price and the penalty to get us back to where we needed to be. But this is a part of what the gospel really is. Cap, in Luke 4, Jesus, well, he's standing there in the synagogue, and he is handed uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah. But when he, he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, and this is Luke 4, 18. Jesus reads from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then when he had given uh, the book back to the attendant, he said to the people who were there, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And there were a lot of gasps, I'm sure, and people, it says, they marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Uh, and anyway, the gospel to the poor. You know, we've been talking a lot in the last few weeks about what the gospel is. It's God's righteousness revealed, not our own righteousness. And, you know, in some ways, I think the gospel is also often misunderstood, and it's it's taken to be a lot of things that it's not. For example, this, this phrase, the gospel to the poor, is he just talking about people who are poor in earthly riches, those who don't have much money? Is he saying, wow, you know, I've come so that they could become rich so they can become wealthy. These poor people have come so that they could have a lot more money. Uh, I don't think that's what he's talking about here. And in the Sermon on the Mount, just before that, the, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew, uh, Jesus had, had said some words that are known as the Beatitudes. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I believe that the poor in spirit and the poor that he's talking about are those who are spiritually poor, those who have been born into this world without a relationship to God uh, because of Adam's sin having been passed on to all mankind. But uh, through what Jesus did on the cross, Paul says that even though Jesus was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. It's not talking about an earthly type of riches. It's talking about a spiritual kind of riches, and that's what the gospel is. It's given us these everlasting riches, that is, a relationship with God based upon his own righteousness, not ours. I agree with you, Joel, and, and I know when we, when we talked about uh, giving and, and all of that sort of thing a number of programs ago, you know, I, I made it clear, at least from, from my view, that I, I believe that through God's grace, he does uh, desire to always supply us with uh, everything we need with abundance. Uh, and, you know, for those who don't have an abundance, then those who have been blessed and have been able to receive through grace this abundance, they can give to those who are in need. I mean, you obviously can't give a lot if you don't have a lot. But having said that, I agree that a lot of things are taken out of context. Even what you were just talking about there in Luke 4.18, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then it's almost as if he goes on to explain what he means by poor broken-hearted, those who are captives, mm -hmm. those who are blind, those who are oppressed. That, to me, describes people who, who are poor, who can be made rich, as you were talking about, Joel, from a spiritual perspective. And that was pretty much all of us. <laughs> and that's why this is, a, it's good news to the entire world. 
Jesus wasn't just talking to certain uh, select types of people. This identifies all of us under the old covenant. Yeah, it's every, you know everybody. Recovery of the sight to the blind, not necessarily those who can't see with their eyes, but who haven't seen the good news, haven't seen the riches of of God that that Jesus came to give us, and and. And I like this one as well, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Of course, Paul talks about how we've been accepted in the beloved. It's all because of God's grace. You know, it's all because of, again, the gift of righteousness that God has given us that we could never uh, have uh, come up with on our own. Even pre uh, previously, you know, I'm reading from Luke 4. I think it's Luke 2 that tells the, the birth story, uh, the story of Jesus when the angels came uh, pr uh, proclaiming, you know, good tidings, uh, you know, the good news that has come to all mankind because of this son, this baby that was born in a manger in Bethlehem. That's what Jesus came to do. He, he came to be a savior, a savior of those who were spiritually poor. And again, that does include all of mankind, as we've talked about the last few weeks. All have fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one who is righteous, no, not one. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves righteous. And so this, this good news, this gospel to the poor, Paul calls it the gospel of peace. He calls it the gospel of grace. He calls it lots of different things, but it's all the same gospel. It's one gospel. That's the good news of, of God's righteousness being freely given. Yeah, you will never attain righteousness, right standing with God, by works. It, it just won't ever happen. And unfortunately, sometimes we in Christianity, those of us believers, sometimes get caught back up into that trap of realizing that we are forgiven, but then sort of feeling like there's something we need to do to make sure that we keep this thing intact. We need to keep this, this right standing with God intact through what we do somehow. We, we get it all goofed up when we can never even meet our own expectations let alone the expectations of others or the expectations of God. We can't even meet our own expectations. That's pretty discouraging, like what you were talking about, Joel, on Monday. When we begin to trust our good actions for God's approval or get discouraged and feel condemned when our actions aren't so good, that, that, that's not what this is supposed to be about. This is a gospel that completely puts the responsibility on Jesus Christ and, and not on us. Remember, as we talked about the Old and New Covenant several weeks ago, God did not establish the new covenant with us. It was with Jesus Christ, his son. If the responsibility of keeping this covenant were up to you and me, we'd be in big, big trouble. Frankly, we'd be doomed. But God made the covenant with Jesus, and through him, as we said before, we have been perfected. So it's not about us boasting about anything. Mm -hmm. and, and so a lot of different gospels out there, Joel, that people talk about, but there's really only one gospel. There's one gospel and the cornerstone, the foundation from which to build on in your new identity in this gospel is that you have been completely forgiven, you have been declared righteous, it's a gift, and you're not just forgiven up to this point. All of your sins have been forgiven. That was an incredible revelation to me, Joel. We talk about how righteousness has been revealed, uh, revelation of, of righteousness. A part of that revealing for me personally was that all of my sins have been forgiven, mm -hmm. past present and future, that has to be true. Otherwise, Jesus would have to come back and perform more sacrifices, more crucifixions, 
like they had to do with the animals back in the Old Covenant, sacrificing them over and over again, but they could never take away sins. This one sacrifice took away all of our sins for all time, past, present, and future. Whew, what a relief that is. Yep, and so this is good news. If we haven't made that clear, <laughs> that's you know what we stand in today in Jesus Christ. Uh, for those who have trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what we stand in is good news and what we preach what we proclaim to well something that you and i camp have a deep passion for is those who do know christ but who maybe are living in in the bondage of perhaps a mixture of law and grace and and then for those who don't know christ yet uh, it's it's good news for them as well because by the same grace they could be saved as well and kept Paul says in Romans 10, he quotes from the Old Testament, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And so that's what we're doing here, not to boast in ourselves, but to boast in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, hoping that people will find their rest and their peace and their joy in that. This has been great stuff, Joel, and we're going to take it a little bit further next week here on Growing in Grace. Do you consider yourself a religious person? Next week, we're going to go back to the garden with Adam and Eve and talk about where religion really started. Being religious, maybe not such a good thing. That's next time on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.